Hey everyone, Dan here, welcoming you to another episode of Old School Saturday. This is the Be Kind Rewind Disney Plus Movie Podcast throwback episode. Today we are reaching into the archives, pulling out the episode for Alice in Wonderland. Dusting it off, shining it up real nice, and bringing it to you all nice and pretty and clean. So, hope you enjoy it. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, Green estate in the land of the free. Raised in the woods so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett. Alice's topsy-turvy world, where things appear to be what they're not, and things that are not appear to be. Based on Lewis Carroll's beloved story, Alice's Adventure in Wonderland is an experience to remember as you share the amazing things she sees and the wonderful friends she meets. There's Tweedledum and Tweedledee, the walrus and the carpenter, the Mad Hatter, the March Hare, the Cheshire Cat, the White Rabbit, and many more. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. No time to say hello. Goodbye. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. I give myself very good advice, but I very seldom follow it. A very merry birthday to me. To you. A very merry birthday for me. For you. Little birds of butterflies kiss the tulips. back everyone to another episode of be kind rewind this is your disney movie podcast as always i am snoot dog <laughs> wow 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 you be no as always i am dan teats and with me again back from hiatus is ichabod bones What's up, party people? And we are moving along in the Disney franchise. We are in 50. We are um, reviewing... Not That yeah, was a 1950 right. movie. Please don't make me rewatch that. <laughs> I, I, I digress. I digress. I actually did like Cinderella a whole lot better than Alice in Wonderland, but we will get into that in a couple of moments. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this one was released in on July the 26th, 1951, and it actually did $5.6 million. So it did better than Treasure Island. 
which is about $56 million in today's money. And this was my first time watching this movie. And from what I gather, when you when we were doing the trivia for Icky's YouTube channel, he watched the other one and then this one. So that way he could compare and co- contrast the movies with Great Abandoned to see which one was more like the Lewis Carroll book. Am which I correct? completely threw me off because we're doing a trivia night based on the Tim Burton one, and I'm confusing my facts between the two. It did not serve me well. It was a bad idea. <laughs> so was the was the time that you watched it for the Disney trivia the first time that you had actually watched it, or had you watched it or misremembered watching bits and pieces? Yeah, I just watched bits and pieces of it. I think. I mean, maybe as a young child, it might have been on this Disney Channel, but I don't. I never. I never had the attention to just sit down and watch a whole movie. <laughs> so I don't think I don't think I ever saw the whole thing all the way through. Yeah, well, this one was a slog for me. I actually had to break it up over two days. So I actually yeah. pulled one of your tricks with watching the movies. Yeah, I didn't watch it all in one sitting either. All right, so the movie opens with the lady reading from a book, and Alice isn't paying attention as the lady's trying to teach her about history. Alice picks up her cat and tells her that the world will be nothing but nonsense. And with this, we see a white rabbit dash across the screen, and Alice sees him and runs after him. She follows him and ends up falling down a hole, and after falling for what seems like an eternity, she lands and follows the rabbit through a series of doors. And then suddenly she comes to a door that's too small, and the doorknob tells her that she's too big to get through, and she needs to drink from the bottle on the table and Alice worries about it for a moment because it might be poison but then she goes ahead and drinks from it and shrinks down and then the door looks at her tells her that the door is locked and she needs a key that's on the table and he tells her to eat from a little box so she opens it and eats a cookie and grows as big as the room and all of a sudden she's worried and she starts crying and her tears end up flooding the room and she grabs the bottle and drinks again, and this time she shrinks so small that she passes through the keyhole of the door. And she rides the waves of her tears, and she sees several past talking animals pass by, and none of them can actually see her because she's so small. She gets to dry land and spots the rabbit again and takes off after it. And this is where she meets Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And they do their best to try to keep her from pursuing her, from pursuing him and she ends up hearing a story of a bunch of curious oysters a carpenter and a walrus which ends with the oysters being eaten by the walrus and the carpenter chasing them off with a hammer Tweedledee and Tweedledum try to stop her again by reciting a poem called Father William but she runs off she finds the rabbit again who sends her off to, and he goes off to look for his gloves and she eats another cookie and she gets as big as the house that she's inside of. And the dodo bird walks by and Rabbit grabs him and asks what he's supposed to do. And this is where they see Bill the Lizard who comes in and gets pushed down the chimney to try to help to pull Alice out. But Alice sneezes and pushes him back out the chimney and completely out of the picture. Because we never see him again. Dodo suggests that they burn the house down to try to get Alice out. But Alice reaches out the window, grabs a carrot, and shrinks back down and chases Rabbit off. Alice comes to a garden of talking flowers who sing to her. 
And after they're done singing, Alice gets called a weed and ends up getting chased out of the garden, where she runs into the smoking caterpillar, a.k.a. Severus Snape. Oops, wait, no, wrong movie. She gets into a fight with a caterpillar over who she is and storms off before the caterpillar tells her to watch her temper. He changes into a butterfly, before, but not before he tells her how to grow and shrink. Which is, there's a mushroom that you eat from one side and you grow, and you eat from the other side and you shrink. So she takes a couple of pieces of the mushroom and puts it in her um, pockets, keeping them separate. But not like any of that's going to matter, as you will see in a couple of... Uh, Bird hollers at her because she's blown up and takes her takes the bird's nest, and the bird collars her a serpent. And so she takes a bite of the shrinking side of the mushroom... And she shrinks back down. And this is when she bumps into Cheshire Cat, who tells her to go visit the Mad Hatter, which is how she finds out about where the rabbit goes before the Cheshire Cat disappears. Alice stumbles upon a, a um, tea party with March Hare, the Mad Hatter, and the Dormouse, who tell her that they're having her that they're having an unbirthday party. Alice starts to tell what had happened, and she gets interrupted by the White Rabbit. The rabbit says which is a recurring theme through the whole movie that he's late but he never says what he's late for other than it's a very important date and the hatter says well no wonder you're late because your watch is running two days late and the hatter grabs the watch tries to fix it and the watch runs off goes mad and it gets smashed by the march hare the rabbit proclaims that the watch was an unbirthday present and he has the unbirthday song sung to him before he leaves the party. Alice decides with this that she's going home. And she enters the Tolgi Woods. And this is where she runs into Yeah, and remember, she's run into a talking ha a talking rabbit, a talking hare, and so she runs into um, all kinds of weird animals. And she stumbles upon a path thanks to Moanrass. And then all of a sudden she has the path get wiped out because a dog comes along with the broom for a head and a broom for a tail. And he's getting rid of the entire path. And this is where she actually does the first same thing in the movie. She sits down decides to stay put so that someone can come look for her. And then she starts to cry because she doesn't have anybody that even knows that she's there. And all the animals that she's seen that have that have been watching her disappear because she's crying and they're crying along with her. Cheshire Cat reappears, proclaims that the reason that she has no way is because all the ways are the Queen's ways. And so he opens up a door in a tree which leads into a maze and she stumbles into three red cards that are painting white roses red and they all finish just as the Queen arrives. But they have left one white rose still half painted and the queen spots this rose and declares that all three of them are going to lose their head for doing so. The queen asks where Alice is from before she can answer. And then all of a sudden she challenges Alice to a game of croquet. And so the playing cards all set up for the game. And they are using storks for mallets and porcupines for balls. And the little porcupine that's the queen's ball ends up going through a bunch of cards but ends ends up missing the last card and the card himself ends up getting drug off because he's going to lose his head because he didn't jump in front of the card and Alice's porcupine misses everything completely 
and the queen lines up for her next shot and Cheshire shows up on the queen's back and puts the stork up the queen's dress and the queen ends up flipping and showing her royal bloomers and because of this she's mad and orders Alice to lose her head but the little itty bitty king comes in and says well why don't we have a trial instead and of course the trial's a but it ends with a queen with the king smashing the queen on the head with a mallet because Cheshire Cat shows up again and causes all kinds of issues and Alice takes all of her mushroom from both pockets and decides to eat it and she grows a mile high and starts to tell the queen off but as she's doing this the shrinking side of the mushroom causes her to shrink back to normal size and the queen ends up ordering her to lose her head and all the cards and Alice take off through the maze which leads back to the tea party which leads back to the door and Alice looks through the door and sees that she's sleeping and she wakes up and is told that it's time for tea and that is how your movie ends. And as I said, this was a slog for me. I don't know why, but it seemed like it was a bunch of Disney shorts cobbled together. Yeah, you're right. Okay, well, at least I'm not off on my thinking. Yeah. Because, and I mean, based on watching the Tim Burton version, I was definitely expecting things to flow a little bit better than they did. Because the movie started off with Alice, and then it jumped, and then it jumped. And the only things that was actually tying it together was Alice and the and the White Rabbit, it seemed like. Because yeah. all that she was trying to do was just find the White Rabbit. And then when she actually found the White Rabbit, she was like, oh, I don't care anymore. Yeah. So it was... And then Neo asked her if she wanted to take the red pill or the blue pill. And oh, wait. Wrong movie. I think she said neither. I'll I'll take the cookie and explode out the house. <laughs> Which yeah. that actually I take that back. That kind of tied it together too, but it wasn't quite as in depth as oh well the rabbit's running along, so I got to chase him. Oh well the rabbit just ran out of the scene ten minutes before Tweedledee and Tweedledum sang their song about the carpenter and the walrus. <laughs> Yeah, that was just, wow, yeah. So since they're done, I've got to push them off and go do my thing. And I was, I honestly think that the guys who did Fantasia stepped back in to put this one together. Well, I've got to admit, and spoiler alert, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this podcast, you, you we're going to reveal the whole point of the movie. The whole thing was just a dream sequence anyway. I don't know about you, but my dreams often are very dis combobulated and different scenes that are just sewn together and make absolutely zero sense anyway. So once I got to the end and realized, oh, she was just dreaming, then it kind of makes sense. You know, my dreams are like that, too. They're just all over the place and completely random. It's like you're doing something, and then all of a sudden you're, like, somewhere else doing something else, and you're like, what? Oh, how did I get from over? It doesn't matter. It just happens. So, But you're right. I think that the animators or the Imagineers from Fantasia were eating some mushrooms and hash and... <laughs> decided to just make a cartoon and tell me dr freud how does this make you feel <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and the hookah yeah i the have a, i have a feeling that we are going to get hate mail for this but i didn't like this i just can't help but hearing snape every time i see the hookah smoking worm i just hear snape 
I don't know why. I guess it all ties together with Trelawney from the previous episode. The Harry Potter universe is connected <laughs> to Disney. It's all connected, man. It's all connected. No. Yeah, the voice in the Tim Burton version, it was the same voice. The guy who voiced Snape voiced the the hookah smoking worm. Who are you? <laughs> now, let me ask you, since this is another movie that is based on a book from the Disney well of never-ending books, it seems like, at this point in time. Did you ever have the pleasure or displeasure of reading any Alice in Wonderland film? Yeah. Have you have you ever read a book about a film about a movie about... <laughs> no. And I, I think, think so. I found my outro. <laughs> yeah. And we mentioned in a, a previous episode that I had read... A, Treasure Island as a kid, but I don't think I ever read Alice in Wonderland or anything like that. So you hadn't read any of the Alice in Wonderland books? No. And I I think the only Alice book that I read was like a twisted version of it because it wasn't actually by Lewis Carroll. It was like a modern retelling where Alice was actually like a girl that lived in L.A. and somehow she was part fairy no, probably not fairy she was part white queen or some weird 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 book hmm. so i mean the the narrative on on that story actually tied back to this but even that was a little bit more cohesive because it because it moved from one thing to another and for some reason i thought that the mad hatter had a whole lot larger part in this movie and i think that might be thanks to johnny depp wanting to take over the tim burton verse <laughs> exactly but i mean i'm and i apologize to all the listeners out here who have alice in wonderland as one of their favorite movies because i actually know that grayson's good friend lee who did the pixar shorts this is her favorite movie yeah and i could see where it has it's i could see where it has it's people that like it but at the same time, I mean, when was this actually started, I guess, is my question. Was this just something that was thrown together quickly? or? Well, I, I'm i not sure 100% on the details, so forgive me, but we'll drop a little bit of history. Way back when Disney, Walt Disney first started doing animation, I believe he was in Kansas City, and he would create short animations and sell them to the local movie theater that they would play in the beginning. You know how they would have a a newsreel and a cartoon reel before the movie. Mm-hmm. I think this is either around the time or before the time of Silly Symphonies. And he had a series of Alice Through the Looking Glass or something like that that he did way back then, like way back in the early 20s. Yeah, and I actually I remember that from reading his biography. that He had signed on for like 20-some shorts. Yeah. And it started off with Alice in Wonderland, and then it veered off into like different directions from there. But I'm actually reading, Disney bought the rights to this one in 1938. So we okay. are talking 13 years later, they released this movie. And I I mean, I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. I got it. It said he shelved production on it after, the, after he had production demands from Pinocchio, Fantasia, and Bambi. And then he picked it back up after the war was over and after Donald Duck meets the Fuhrer. Yeah, got rave reviews and everyone loved that movie and wanted more of it. (laughs) (laughs) And I just because that was not. Yeah, but I I don't. 
So, it, I'm and I'm reading on Wikipedia. I'm sorry, that's been my go-to for trying to find out, and I'm peeling back the curtain once again. But it says that the animation crews of both Alice in Wonderland and Cinderella competed to see who would complete the film first. Huh. So that might be why it was it wasn't a cohesive unit like Cinderella was. Yeah, it lost a little bit in quality. Yeah, because the because it wasn't. I mean, it was one of the things where we had where and actually we can tie this back into the um, Treasure Island. Did you notice the when Alice first fell down the hole and started crying and she got swept out to sea? Yeah. That the bird that was being pushed along on top of another bird was actually singing about pirates. Mm, did not catch that. No. Yeah, I think he, I think he was actually singing "Yo Ho Yo Ho." Maybe, yeah. So once again, everything ties in together. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I can understand that you're trying to get a movie out before another movie, but I wouldn't have sacrificed quality just to get it out. I mean, am I right yeah. on that? Well, yes, I agree with you, the principle. But you got to remember, a lot of the movies that we've seen through our reviewing a lot of the movies have been just that have been a bunch of shorts just mm-hmm. tied together melody time and fantasia a couple movies a couple shorts stitched together yeah it looks like there was actually a couple of deleted scenes which probably which would make things work a little bit easier because the one of them was actually the jabberwock oh yeah which took place in Toggy Wood. I'm, I mean that that was like a huge part of the Tim Burton universe. Yeah. For that for that particular movie, which once again, I'm sorry that I'm comparing this to a movie that is what 50 years, 55, 60 years later, and had the benefit of all the other Disney movies that came before it to show Tim Burton how to make Batman right. Oh wait, no, wrong yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. But there, there was there was actually several there was several pieces that were actually dropped out. Which, if there is a um, undeleted copy anywhere, we would appreciate if you were to email us and send us a copy or send us a link for the yeah. for the unrated version. <laughs> yeah. Because if it might make sense to it might 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 actually make a little bit more sense to see it with these extra um, pieces clipped in. If you can handle watching it again. Well, I mean, if if I knew, I mean, in looking at this, I would know where it would actually come. Because, yeah. so you, so it wouldn't actually be re-watching the movie in its entirety, unless it was yeah. something that I needed to, to make, to make it make sense. Yeah. But the, I mean, the fact that it was basically rushed out the door, may have heard it, but it did make money for Disney because, I mean, we're starting to get better. I mean, we're starting... I mean, this one made $5.6 million. The one before it made $4.8 million. I can't remember what the what Cinderella made, but the movies are starting to move in the correct direction for Disney. Yeah. But it was... I'm sorry, it was a slog for me. So if somebody's going to write nasty emails... I will welcome them and I will read them on the air. <laughs> and Icky and I will discuss them because this is on me. 
it was like a it was like week old Thanksgiving turkey, a little dry but not bad. Yeah, I I could I could definitely see that analogy. I mean, it had a lot of classic scenes, a lot of classic, you know, like the Cheshire Cat and mm-hmm. the Queen and the cards and just Alice in in general. A lot of classic images that we see that are, are in our in our society, I would say. Yeah. But you know, I don't know if I'd watch it again. But if I was like with a group of friends and they wanted to watch it, sure, why not? Yeah, do it as a viewing party on on the YouTube channels or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, I can see where it gets its classic moniker because it's one of the is one of the movies that Walt Disney's known for. Because I mean, you have all. I mean, you if it weren't for this, and I know I am jumping ahead a little bit, you wouldn't have the Mad Hatter T ride. Right. At Disney. Exactly. And, and there is an Alice in Wonderland ride at in Disneyland, hmm. like a full-on dark ride, like an Omnimover dark ride, like a. Um, like Haunted Mansion style ride. Wow. So now, once we find out what Lewis Carroll has done wrong, they will pull that book. They'll pull this film from the archives and never watch <laughs> it. Let it be running again. But and I told you when when we when we sat down or when we were starting to talk about doing this episode that I had a lot to say about this. Yeah. Yeah. So I apologize once again. I am sorry to our listeners. Please don't run off. I still value each and every one of you <laughs> even if you don't like what i'm having to say and i mean this isn't the fir- this isn't the first time that we flat out or that one of us has flat out dogged a movie yeah and that's so, okay i mean it's it's our opinion or it's my opinion and it's just like something else that everybody has one <laughs> yeah i mean i we were talking about this earlier i think off off mic but i didn't watch the whole thing in one sitting it was like Oh my goodness! There's still 45 minutes left. No, forget. It. I'm going to pause and go get a sandwich. And <laughs> yeah. Come back later. It was it. It wasn't a one sitting movie for me either. Yeah, and see that that was that was my takeaway. This is actually the first movie that I have not sat down and watched in its entirety. That was one continuous movie. Yeah. I mean, now with like the the Melody Time and the Mickey and Mickey and the Beanstalk, those I stopped because. They were at a natural breaking. Yeah. This one, I was just like, I can't do anymore. Yeah. <laughs> because, because it was it was it was jumpy. Yeah. With the only true thing being Alice chasing the white rabbit until we get two thirds of the way through the movie, and then suddenly she's like, I don't care about the mo- I don't care about the rabbit. Yeah. Do you have anything else you would like to add on this? I know I've been taking up a lot of the a lot of the airwaves on. I just want to get a hold of one of those cookies or those wafers, whatever they are. And now that you mention it, that's one thing that I that was another thing that I didn't understand. You had a you had a drink that would shrink you and a cookie that would make you big, but then once she got out of the house, somehow she found the one specific mushroom, which I mean, once again, Considering the fact that these are made by the same people that did Fantasia, might have been <laughs> the reason why you had one specific magic mushroom. Hey, maybe that could make you grow or shrink or whatever you needed to, depending on where you were. Yeah. But why did? And I, I don't, I don't get why she decided to eat both the big and the small piece at the same time. Yeah, it was only just a dream. It made no sense. <laughs> And we all come back to Dr. Freud. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. So moving 
into the actual impact of the movie. If it weren't for the if it weren't for this movie, like I said, we wouldn't have a Mad Hatter ride. We yeah. probably wouldn't have Tim Burton much better version of Allison. Which once again, if there's gonna be hate mail, please send it to be kind rewind DMP at gmail dot com and address it to me. And then, I just can't watch the Tim Burton version without seeing Willy Wonka. I just can't. Well, I mean it's all connected. It, I just see Willy Wonka there at the table. Not Mad Hatter. Well, I mean, if it's... Well, now that I'm starting to think about it, did... I mean, they had to be filmed around the same time, and the characters were so similar. Yeah, and did the Mad Hatter ever eat any of the cookies and cakes Hmm. during the Burton episode, the the Burton movie? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Because, I mean, maybe he thought they were bad for for cavities. (laughs) Maybe. And because they weren't made by Oompa Loompas. <laughs> Which were all the same ones, just CGI'd over and over again, just cut and paste, cut and paste. But anyway, obviously it has a, a representation in modern culture because of the Tim Burton movie. So it still mm-hmm. is at least somewhat culturally relevant, at least two rides in the Disney universe directly from it. And yes. countless merchandise. Yes, this, this is very true. Um, Chester Cat is one of my favorite characters. I like him. He's cool. Yeah, he he was he was the he was the one thing that made me laugh and smile every time that he actually came on the screen because you knew that he was going to be up to no good. And Snape, the pot smoking worm. Yes, but with Snape, I don't think he was quite as devious as Cheshire was. But he could make he could turn the smoke into knots and into squares, and I mean that was next level pipe smokery going on. Well, that's that's because he had taken the defense of the dark heart. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> as, as part of the curriculum. <laughs> that's day one of that ep- That's day one of the of your third year, man. You have to learn how to how to. Apparition blow. transfiguration. Yes, Petronus <laughs> Americanus. Wait, no, that's not. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, with with this. Um, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, with the exception of the queen threatening to chop off everybody's head, there wasn't anything that was inherently bad about the movie. Other than all the things that I've said, which wasn't actually bad, bad, it was just not to my liking. A walrus that, like, gobbled up all those poor little oysters. Oh, I I blocked that part out. I was eating lunch at that part. That was kind of dark. That was kind of dark, yeah. And I think that's where we learn what month you can actually eat oyster because it was March. Okay. Because you can eat oyster any month that starts with an R. <laughs> or any, no, any month that has an R in it, not any. What month starts with an R, Dan? Raggy? Rocktober. Rocktober, there we go. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it shows. What month you can actually eat an oyster? Because, I mean, down here we eat oysters at Christmas, which is in December, which has an R in it. Oh, because they were going to... She looked at the calendar and they were going to hibernate or whatever. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because it, cause it was in March when they were actually looking at it, which ties into the March hair, I guess. I don't know. Well, wait, they were going to hibernate in March. Why were they going to sleep? I don't get it. I don't know. They were. Going I figured it was going to get cold and they were going to hibernate, but not in March. Well, no, she she looked at the calendar and saw that it was March, and she knew that that was one of the months where the good oysters came from, because it's March, April, February, March, April, September, October, November, December. 
and January. Oh, so that is a real thing. Okay. Yes. I got you. Yeah, because if depending on where you actually get your oysters from, if it's not, if the water isn't at a certain temperature, then they aren't good during that point point in time of the year. Huh. And this has been your science lab with Alice well, in know, Wonderland. The more you know. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. So I, I totally forgot about that. So yes, that that actually is um that actually does have impact on 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 the culture for today. But that those two things are the only two that were actually really truly severely dark and wrong. Other than of course you had the the pipe smoking Snape the caterpillar. <laughs> but I mean that's that's vaping nowadays. So that's really not. Hookahs are still a big thing, I think. I don't know. I think they're still in vogue. There is actually a, well, there was prior to COVID, hookah shop in downtown Macon. Now, whether or not that survived COVID is your guess, because I haven't been downtown since, like, last December. (laughs) Yeah. Because once we moved to the north side of Macon, we really didn't have a desire to go down there unless that was where the... Um, department was eating dinner which was paid for or her team was eating dinner which was paid for nice. so you're starting to see a little trend as to when you would actually go downtown yeah and so the, is there anything else that would have an impact on the movie i mean it, i think it speaks to all kids because it starts out she's sitting in the tree and the teacher's trying to get her to listen to her history lesson and she's just spacing out i think that's pretty that hits home with kids today you know especially sitting in front of a computer trying to learn <laughs> at home they just say they, they don't have the structure they're just not paying attention to, especially now but i think kids will always you know i think of like bart simpson looking out the window or whatever while mrs krabappel's trying to teach and so it's the same <laughs> thing right it's kids are always going to be zoning out and wanting to be in in their own world in their own fantasy land yeah i could i could definitely do that and the Simpsons are a Disney property. They so, are now, yeah. Even though they are in Universal. Right, yeah. It's parks. Weird, yeah, some weird contracting going on. Uh, so, Marvel's Universal, too. Yeah, but not for much longer, because I think they're actually starting to rebrand those now that Disney officially owns every bit and piece of marvel and pretty soon we'll probably own um dc so that way you can actually have the amalgam award i think it's hilarious i think it's like a thumb in the eye to disney like universal's like you can't even disney can't even sell marvel merchandise avengers merchandise specifically mm-hmm. in their on their property and on this side of the mississippi east of the mississippi because universal has the the rights to the rides to attractions mm-hmm. so here they have this hulk ride and they have Simpson stuff in their park, and it's like, ha, 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 we can sell your <laughs> merchandise, and you can't. I think it's hilarious. It's like a skip you to Disney. So, do we, can we think of anything else that resonates with today's culture before we move on to whether or not it's mirrored in culture, or have we already moved on? Sometimes those two questions are kind of intertwined, like a Twizzler. Yeah. You know, you can't have one without the other. <laughs> Wait, that's Wait. love and marriage. <laughs> I thought that was a Kit Kat. <laughs> yeah. A Twix, a left side and a right side, or whatever it is. Yes. I don't know. Okay, so we've already mentioned the Disney rides, which is enough to make you hork if you eat a 
turkey leg right before you get on the Mad Hatter ride. <laughs> and you have somebody yeah. sitting in the middle seat that wants to, Wee! Spin me around! Spin me around! No. Oh, I can't handle that. Yeah, I can't handle those spinny rides. Well, that's what happens when you get old. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, uh... Of course, we mentioned Alice not listening to stories until she wakes up and then suddenly recite the tale of the Despero in mm-hmm. all of its entirety to the team. What'd you say? <laughs> say what? Um, I'm not thinking of anything else that this is mirrored. It definitely fits into today's society. Oh, yeah. Because it is one of the iconic movies. Definitely. And when I think about Disney, that's one of the movies I think of. You know, Cinderella, Snow White, Alice in Wonderland. To me, it's just synonymous with Disney. Yeah. Well, and I think the reason for two of those is because they have castles. Yeah. Now, is there a Alice in Wonderland castle anywhere? Not the where it where. No. No, no. Is there anything else? I'm not really thinking of anything that's really mirrored in culture other than just the i mean once again this is another movie that actually shows up at the parks in just about every parade that they have oh yeah that's true too yep um and of course it's in well no it's not in the universe or not yeah the universal it's definitely not over at universal (laughs) it's not in the disney studios closing not that i can think of but, they don't know. really have, I mean, they have a fireworks show with the Chinese theater. It was Star Wars for a while, and then around Christmas. Oh, you're talking about Fantasmic. Yes. Oh. Um, I don't, there might be a little clip of it somewhere in there. I'm not sure. I don't have the whole thing memorized. They have, uh-huh. like, water that mists, and they project onto the water. It's really cool. Yeah. I don't think it's in there, but it could be. Do we have anything else to add on this one before we put it put it back to bed with the hookah pipe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to memorize and recite the Jabberwock, that poem, in, in sixth grade. Can you still do it? No. It was Brillig and the Mimsy Coves and the Boar Groves and all that. I had to memorize that whole thing and quote it, yeah. Wait, the Borg? <laughs> yeah. So Star Trek was actually written by Lewis Carroll. They're all written, they're all together, <laughs> man. They're all, everything's connected. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm they're all there. They're all in the Matrix, man. It's all connected. It's just what you want to actually get in. Yep. Which, give me Crispin Glover and Johnny Depp. Winner, winner. Well, we would like to thank you for listening to another episode. I once again want to apologize if this is not what you think of the movie. If it is not, please send us an email at BeKindRewind at... Yeah, be kind rewind DMP. I'm getting ready to send you to another email. Be kind rewind DMP at gmail.com. Once again, that stands for Disney Movie Podcast. If you like the show, rate us, review us. We are on iTunes. We are on Spotify. We are on. I want to say we're on a lot of the actual. Um... iHeart, right? Yeah, I actually think we are on iHeart now. Well, I pull up. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Alexa, which I kind of hope that I didn't start everyone's Alexa with that. Wow. And, of course, iHeartMedia, we are on there. And give us give us a rating on there, because that's the only way that people are going to find out about us, that and word of mouth. Word of mouth is always good. But if you did not like this podcast, I, once again, please keep listening. This will probably not be the last movie where there are differing opinions. Because we have 
about 350 until we get to modern day and Disney is releasing new all anytime that you think about it. In fact, Mulan is supposed to actually hit around Labor Day for the low, low price of $29.99. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's Mulan. Wrong Mulan, Wrong. man. Mulan Rouge. Yes, the, the, the Mulan Rouge. <laughs> We are going to be going back to live action movies next week when we will be covering the story of Robin Hood and his Merry Men. Wait, live action Robin Hood? Yes. I wasn't I was actually expecting the one with the foxes and King Richard yeah. played by a lion, but no, this is actually a live action Robin Hood. Errol Flynn? I don't think Errol Flynn is in this one, but he might have a cameo. Wow. That sounds intriguing. All right. It definitely sounds intriguing. This is... Wow. The Disney cartoon version of Robin Hood doesn't come out for another 22 years. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, yeah, I was thinking the same thing as you were. I was like, oh, okay, so we're going to get into the the live... Or we're going to get into another Disney movie that I remember about eight-ninths of. Uh-uh. No, this one's a, another live-action movie, which will be another one for the ages. I can definitely say that. Wow, definitely. Considering, considering that neither of us knew anything about it prior to me <laughs> giving this information. <laughs> oh, this one's called The Story of Robin Hood. Okay. Not to be confused God. with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, or Robin Hood, <laughs> Men in Tights, or <laughs> Errol Flynn playing Robin Hood, but this is actually the lone movie from 1952. So we are moving yeah. it right on along. Ooh, the director is Ken Anakin. Anakin. See, they're all connected. <laughs> wow. I'm telling you, man. There's something to this. Say goodnight, Icky. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. And we are only 48 minutes late getting started. <laughs> yeah, for a double, for a double, what do you call it when you have two baseball games in one night? I don't even double know. Double header. Double header, yeah. It's a double rainbow all the way. Delayed, so. Yeah, we got rain delayed, so. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> <laughs>